Hello, I'm Noelle C. Guevara, and welcome to the Find Your Calm podcast. If you're looking for space to take a deep breath, steady yourself, and discern what you need to move forward, then you're right where you belong. Listen in for a few simple tips to find your calm and take your next faithful steps forward. has shifted again. Have you noticed? It feels like each week brings a fresh new cycle that leaves us disoriented, riding waves of shock and grief and anger. In my last episode, I talked a lot about church hurt, and I was surprised at how quickly that episode took off. It seems that a lot of you are looking for ways to find your calm amidst the chaos of disappointment in the church and its people. My plan this week was to engage in more lighthearted topics around summer and connecting with your kids or staying connected on vacation. I am looking forward to long, sunny days with a summer forever vibe. And honestly, I wrestled with that a little this week because that feels so trivial in this moment. The truth is that in whatever calendar month and year you find yourself listening to this episode, it's likely the world has left us struggling to find the horizon. I was reminded this week by words in 1 Peter that we are exiles in this world, and we became so the moment our ancestors left the garden. Every moment after that has involved struggle. There is nothing new under the sun. Our home is heaven, which is to say we were formed from the dust to flourish in harmony with God and his creation. We were not created for struggle and striving, but also God walks this dust with us, and his joy is our strength. And even in the midst of hard times, especially in the midst of hard times, joy is resistance. We do not bury our heads in the sand or turn our heads and hearts from suffering around us. We pray and lament and engage in actions that fight for the flourishing of our fellow image bearers. But we also seek and cultivate joy because we were created for this because it beats back the darkness, because it reflects the God who delights in us and the world around us, imperfect as it is today. So let's incline our hearts together toward joy today as we navigate how to connect with our fun side this summer. For those of you who are Enneagram fans, it may or may not interest you to know that I am a one, sometimes typed as the idealist or the perfectionist. I have a strong inner type A that wants to boss me and berate me all the live long day. I will never forget sitting in my office with my coworkers a few years ago, talking about the Enneagram and our various numbers and traits and explaining how when I go to sleep at night, I tend to review my day by looking for mistakes I made or things I missed. And then I create a plan to fix it or just do better next time. I honestly believed everyone counted their fails like sheep when they went to sleep. Imagine my surprise when one of my coworkers responded by saying that she, in fact, counts the ways she is amazing. I was floored. It helped me realize that my bedtime habit wasn't actually healthy or helpful. Don't laugh. You don't know what you don't know. And in true Enneagram One style, I set out to get it right. It's ironic to me that people often remark that I am calm and collected and that it must come naturally to me. Because the truth is that chaos throws me all the time, and I've had to work hard to manage it. I want to be calm and peaceful, 
to be positive and forward focused. So I've learned what habits and skills and ways of being can move me in that direction. It's fascinating to me that in health, ones go to a seven. We are more playful and relaxed and fun loving. And that's what I want to be. So I do the work to be the healthy version of myself that I enjoy. And I think others enjoy too. The one time I can count on my seven side to come out is when I'm on vacation. Vacation Noel is so much fun. I'm easy on myself and others. I'm more carefree and relaxed and joy and delight feel so accessible. So with summer just around the corner, I have vacation on my mind. Part of me looks towards summer like one big vacation, and in some ways it is. The weather is gorgeous. We spend so many days by the pool. The kids are off school, so our mornings are far more relaxed. I love the summer vacation mood. But the summer is not a vacation in the true sense of the word. I still have to work. We still have to clean our house. Kids need rides to practices or summer jobs or camps. So when I go into summer with the mindset of, yay, vacation, I am often, mm, no, always disappointed. I put way too much pressure on poor summer, raising the bar to a level it just can't meet. Summer is not a week away off the grid, summer fun, but also it's not the other nine months of regular daily grind. What I want most this summer is to connect to my fun side, to make the most of the months of sunshine and more laid back schedules, but in a low pressure way, less, this will be the best summer ever and more. I will enjoy the summer and my summer self. Because the truth is that the things that we most enjoy about summer, longer days, relaxed routines, more flexible schedules, are the things that can feel like chaos. We love it, but also we're thrown by it. Sometimes in the summer, I will find myself standing in the kitchen, collecting the 72 cups my kids have used during the day, feeling completely lost in a fog while my kids are arguing in the next room. Sometimes I have all the fun planned and I'm trying to pack up snacks or toss in a load of laundry and my kids are weeping and wailing about shoes and my brain feels simultaneously dead and highly triggered and I end up yelling, we are supposed to be having fun and you are ruining it all. And this sort of brain fog chaos can happen with or without kids because it's less about who you spend your summers with and more about how your brain adjusts to the lack of structure. So how do we embrace summer in a way that brings out our fun self? How do we find calm in the chaos of an upended routine? I have not figured this all out yet, but I've learned some things and I have a few new tricks to try this summer. If you too want to connect with your fun self this summer and connect with your people in ways that are also fun, then let's unpack this together. I have a few simple steps that should help calm the summer chaos so you can connect with your fun side. Step one, name your summer intention. I use the word intention instead of goal often because I think it offers more flexibility. Some things can't be achieved so much as they can be followed. An intention guides us along as we make decisions, as we evaluate where we are and where we're headed, as we choose our yeses and our noes. And when we get off track, we haven't failed in the way we might think if there's a goal to be achieved. We've simply wandered off course and can wander back in the intended direction. So in choosing your summer intention, I want you to get clear and specific. I'd recommend choosing one word. Do you want your summer to be relaxing, 
adventurous, restorative, playful. Maybe a word comes to mind quickly, or maybe you feel a little overwhelmed narrowing it down to just one word. You might be tempted to pick a few different words, but here's the deal. If you choose a couple of words that are different, let's say relaxing and playful, and then you're faced with decisions from how to plan the week or what activities to say yes or no to, you'll be pulled in different directions, and that is a recipe for no calm. If you choose relaxing, it doesn't mean you won't also enjoy things that are playful or adventurous. It just means that you're prioritizing that direction of relaxing first. In naming your summer intention, I think it helps to zoom out and answer some questions. How would you describe the season you're in currently? What's been the overall feel and pace? Is that something you want to continue or do you need to change? Has this past season been overwhelming, frantic, stressful? Does it leave you needing some time to recover, reset? Or has this past season been something else entirely? Rigid, intense, but in a scheduled sense. Full of responsibilities with no room for spontaneity. Picture your people over this past season. Have you felt connected to them? Has there been enough time for you to connect with them? Or has this season been full and busy and left you craving some of that connection? Picture yourself in this past season. Have you felt grounded, centered, and like yourself? Which is to say that you've been able to do things in the ways that connect with you as a person. Or have you felt more frantic, disintegrated, and less like yourself? Or like the version of yourself that feels comfortable and free? Now imagine your summer calendar full of fun things, places to go, activities, and people and trips. Now how does your body feel? Excited? Tense? Tired? And don't just assume summer you has a burst of new energy. If a day trip to the zoo sounds exhausting today, then it will be no less exhausting just because your kids are out of school. If you are exhausted and still want some of those extended day trips, you're going to have to choose a restorative intention so that you have the energy later for those kinds of days. Choosing one intention doesn't mean you'll never do anything that wavers from that intention just means you have to be mindful of how often you choose things or people that lead you away from that intention. Schedule those things with awareness and think through how you'll maintain the direction you intended to begin with. Think of your summer like a road trip. You have directions you need to follow and you need to stick with those directions so you don't end up lost or in a different place than you intended. But also, you need to stop for gas along the way. You might choose to grab lunch near a park where your kids can play or where you can set up a picnic with a view. This might take you off course a little, but it's worth it. And then you can get back in the car, having enjoyed the detour, and head back in the right direction. Your summer intention is that map or direction. You're following a roadmap towards calm or adventure or fill in the blank. But you take detours. You can be playful or get rest and please Stop and enjoy the view on that detour. We love a good road trip detour. Then get back in the car and back to your summer intention. Another thought. You will want to discuss summer intentions with your people, especially the people in your house. If you have little people, you probably know a thing or two about what they need this summer based on what their attitudes and bodies are communicating here in the craziness of when I'm recording, it's May. But inviting their input is important to the process. Hopefully you can all find a common intention. But if not, and depending on the number and personalities of people in the house, the if not is likely. 
then you may need to balance some needs and perhaps even create your own intentions separately from your kids or your partner or whomever. Let's say you really need an adventurous summer, but your partner needs to rest. It might mean that you plan some Saturday day trips with friends while your partner uses those Saturdays to stay home and watch TV and just be. Or maybe you choose an adventure that your partner can schedule rest into. A big family reunion may feel the opposite of restful, but if you schedule your day so that it begins with sleeping in and a slow breakfast and ends with an at-home movie night, then voila, you both win. Or let's say you need rest, but your kids need play. Then decide how much rest you need to follow that intention. Maybe your kids get TV time for an hour each morning so you can lay in bed. Maybe your partner takes the kids on Saturday mornings so you can get multiple hours of rest. You can also choose activities where your kids play and you rest in a sense. A weekly play day at the park with a nice coffee may give you a chance to sit and chat with a friend while your kids burn off some energy. For years, we oriented our summer days around nap time. I nearly always had a little one who napped, and oftentimes I napped with them or at least at the same time. Older kids would have quiet play time or tech time so that I had a chance to rest when the baby did. This is the first summer that I can remember that I have zero nappers and I'm trying to decide, do I just continue the tradition, but just for me, can I do that? Am I allowed? I don't know. One decision I've already made this summer is to take advantage of a free membership at our local pool and say no to a membership at our local water park. I know that at the local pool, my kids can swim pretty independently. I can some of the time sit and read a book. I can see them at all times and there's lifeguards, but at the water park, my kids are still young enough to need me to join them on rides and they're too old to just chill in the kiddie pool or the little lagoon. They're at an age where I know the water park will create a lot of tension. It will invite a lot of whining and complaining, and it just sounds like a recipe for disaster. So the choice to pick the local pool over the water park gives me some rest and relaxation, which I need, but gives my kids some fun and excitement, which they need. And in sort of a compromise, we'll do a day at the water park. So I'm hoping everyone will be happy. As you discuss this with your family, you can make it fun. Cook out, get some summer party plates, put on a summer vibes playlist, create a summer bucket list. It doesn't have to be fancy, but just a little effort can help this conversation stay on track instead of derailing into something that's either overwhelming or a point of contention. Remember, you're trying to connect to your fun self, so make this fun in whatever way feels good to you. So you've named your intention for the summer. Step two is to explore what brings out your fun side. Once you know your summer intention, the general direction you want to head this summer, then take some time to name what helps you feel like your fun self. In order to reconnect or stay connected with that side of you, you have to recognize it. Maybe after the past few years, it's hard to even remember fun you. So try this. Close your eyes and let your body relax. Think back to a time you had fun, like full on, forget the cares of this world, full of joy fun. Your fun may be quiet or loud, wild or contained. Every person is different. Now, take a look at yourself in that place. How does fun you express yourself? Are you laughing, moving, still, smiling, 
eyes open or closed, breathing deeply. Now imagine this version of you extending an invitation. What might they invite you into this summer? What would bring the fun version of you and whatever the current version of you into congruence? And if you're already feeling like fun you, then that's great. Start to picture the activities that draw out your fun side. What do these activities include and what do they exclude? Try to whittle them down to some basic components because a day at the beach brings out my fun side under certain conditions. When I can sit and read a book, when my kids play and I join them, when I hear laughter and feel sunshine. But a day at the beach has also been known to bring out my grumpy side under certain conditions. When my kids argue, when they complain about being there in the first place, when I get dehydrated and the migraine kicks in, when the sand is so hot it burns our feet, oh my gosh, I hate that. So when I start to zoom in, I realize that physical discomfort and having to manage a lot of complaining or arguing slays my fun self and it is all downhill from there. Knowing the buzz kills ahead of time helps me manage both the potential problems and myself. I can pack plenty of water and wear sandals to protect my feet. We can brainstorm as a family so my kids both know what to expect and can problem solve on the front end. And then I can check my expectations. I have four kids. They're going to argue. They're going to complain. I can take some preventative measures, but then I have to engage my toolkit to cope. Also, many of my kids' cranky behaviors can be solved by preventing hanger. Feed the children and they will be nicer. Once you're able to clue in on the things that help you feel like your fun self and the things that jettison fun you, you can be more mindful in planning your days and weeks this summer. Follow your summer intention and plan ahead so you can remain connected to your fun side along the way. And as you plan your days and weeks, I would highly recommend some sort of bucket list. Think of this as your fun side's plan for the summer. If you have kids, get them involved. Make it fun. Create a a colorful list and, and maybe hang it up in your home somewhere. Summer bucket lists are a great way to not only make the most out of your summer, but they're also a great way of looking back and focusing on the fun you had this summer. August me laments that summer went too fast and we didn't get to do this and that and I should have made the most out of XYZ, but our summer bucket list takes me by the shoulders and says, stop it. Look at all the fun we had. Now, this only works if your summer bucket list is equal parts chill and fun. So here's a few rules that keep our summer bucket list working for and not against us. Rule number one. Include things you know you'll do. My parents have a pool and we swim over there weekly. Swimming at grandma and grandpa's house counts. It goes on the list and we check it off. Easy win. Include the vacations you have planned, regular parts of your summer, like the reading program at the local library if you always do that. Rule number two, include things that you know you can do. Don't go putting too many things on the list and don't put things on the list that are a maybe. Visit every park in the city might be too big. Visit new parks is very doable. A list of a dozen or so items is doable, especially if several of them are things that you know you'll do. And then rule number three for the bucket list is to include things that are summer specific traditions. 
So for us, every summer we go to this one park that's about 45 minutes away, and then we go to the ice cream shop nearby. It's a summer tradition. We never go to this park in the spring or fall, so it just feels quintessential summer. If you can keep your summer bucket list simple and doable, it's a great way to plan your summer and also reflect on all the fun you had at the end of summer. All right, step three is to relax your rules and routines. I feel like I am forever including a principle or practice or step that is really hard for me. Probably my Enneagram one self always embracing improvement. I can be better at this and you can too. This is that practice for me. This is the step for me in this episode of connecting with your fun self. I am inclined by both nature and nurture towards rigidity and rules and routines. I crave the simplicity and comfort of a day ordered by predictability. I want to make a chart, a schedule, a list. But also, I fight that inclination because I have a sense that it is not good for me and my people. So I often oscillate between opposite ends of the spectrum. I make the charts and the schedules and lists and find my children are not as enthused as I am. Or I just fail at them because they're just unrealistic. Then I swing like a pendulum to the other side and let it all slide. And in the swinging, I judge myself so harshly. I should have known better, planned better, discerned better. In the swinging, I question my judgment, my instincts, even my identity. I know my sweet spot is somewhere in the middle with realistic rules and flexible routines that can be adjusted when weather changes or a child is struggling with something deeper. After 17 years of parenting, I still do not do this perfectly, but I've come a long way. When it comes to summer, I've learned that despite what the socials pour into your feeds in late May, you cannot hack summer with the perfect summer schedule. And you know what I'm talking about, parents, those cute little Pinteresty daily plans with things like no screen time until you've read for 30 minutes, done a chore, and created a three-step plan for world peace. Our kids are not inspired by these things for very long. By July 1st, we all know we're either going to be handing our kids a tablet so we can finish our coffee in peace, or we'll be resigning ourselves to a morning routine of begging, negotiating, and or throwing up our hands in exasperation. Or maybe that's just me when I try those summer lists. I don't know. If your kids comply, maybe just keep it to yourself because the rest of us already feel like failures. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, Maybe start a podcast and help us all out. But back to relaxing those rules and routines. Rules are important. And I'm not just talking about for kids. House rules are good for grownups too. Things like picking up after yourself or shutting down screens at a certain time. Or ways we do and do not communicate when frustrated are all important things to create expectations around, even if everyone in your house is a full-grown adult. They set the tone for your own family culture and they set expectations for yourself and others. These things often go unspoken and different members of the family might have competing unspoken rules or routines and that is a recipe for unresolved conflict, which is the opposite of calm. But if you do have kids, rules don't just set the tone, they're a training ground. Rules help our kids learn not just what to do and not do, but also they help them practice self-discipline, communicate frustration, respond to correction, make things right after making a mistake, and so on. Rules also help our kids learn to what to expect from authority, 
both when they do the right thing and when they do the wrong thing. They learn how they should be treated when they succeed or fail. They learn to either practice self-compassion or engage in self-shaming. So it's similar with routines. They are important even if you don't have children. And they're important to communicate with every member of your household. But they're especially instructive for children. Some kids thrive in routine and they'll learn how to both experience and create routines that will help them thrive later in life. These kids will also learn how to cope when routines are disrupted, and we need to help them build a toolkit. Some kids struggle with routines, and they'll learn how to follow routines for the good of others, as well as learn the ways that routines can benefit themselves. They will also learn from you how to view themselves as they struggle with routines. Hopefully, they'll learn how to retain their sense of self, even as they work to follow routines that work against their nature. So, rules and routines are very important for households with kids and without kids. But in the summer, those rules and routines can relax a little. And they should if we want to engage with our fun sides this summer. Let's tackle routines first. This takes some thoughtfulness and planning and will look different for every family. If your day-to-day life doesn't change much in the summer, let's say because your work schedule is the same or you're a stay-at-home parent with little ones or maybe your kids continue to go to daycare at the same time every day, then your routines won't change as much as they will if your day-to-day life takes a hard right turn into changing work and school or childcare schedules. I have friends who are teachers with school-aged children, so for them, summer is an abrupt pivot. And I have friends without kids or friends who work year-round and their kids go to the same daycare 52 weeks a year. Zooming out here, look at your routines and see what is automatically changing or what could be changed to invite a summer break, so to speak. If you love a list, go ahead and put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard. Think through all the things that will change or could change. If you're creating the change, maybe it's eating dinner outside X number of times per week. Maybe it's a daily walk, or maybe it's the weekend that invites some variety. How can you make routines work for you so they bring out your fun side? Now the rules. There are rules that never change, like we use kind words, or everyone contributes to keeping the house clean. But we have a million unspoken rules that can change. Here's an example. Our family typically eats dinner at the table together, not seven nights of the week, but most nights. During COVID, lockdown, and quarantines, there were nights where we had TV dinners. We sent kids with their own dinner to their own space and let them watch TV because we were spending so much time together, so much time together. We actually needed the opposite, time apart to eat in peace. Okay, I needed time apart to eat in peace. We might bring this back in some way this summer. Sometimes in the summer, my younger kids like to take their lunch up to their swing set or play set and eat up there. It feels very adventurous to them, and so they think they're getting away with something. And I'm over in the kitchen eating my lunch in peace like a queen. One thing you'll need to think about is rules regarding the tidiness of your home. A messy and chaotic house stresses me out, but with four kids home all summer, at least more than they are in the school year, Our house is going to get infinitely messier. I don't want to just jettison rules around cleaning up after yourself, but I also don't want to chase my kids around all the live long day and nag at them to clean up. 
So we do things like the seven minute tidy, which I absolutely stole from someone who I can't remember. Um, but we set a timer for seven minutes and everyone helps tidy up the main level of our home. I'm also probably going to send my kids to play in the basement more because they don't really care if that space is a mess. So think through your rules and which ones you want to enforce versus relax. And as you do, think about how to say yes more because yes is your fun side's best friend. In the summer, we say yes to ice cream and popsicles more often. We say yes to later bedtimes. We say yes to more tech time on rainy days. We say yes to playing outside in pajamas. What rules can you change this summer? How can you flex the rules to better help you connect with your fun side? Okay, one more thing I would recommend for connecting with your fun self this summer, and I am stealing this from Kendra Adachi, who is the lazy genius on the socials. 10 out of 10 recommend her as a follow and also go read her books right now. She is such a practical guide in being a genius about the things that matter so you can be lazy about the things that don't. So here is the fourth step that came from the lazy genius and it's this. Plan opening and closing ceremonies. Some of you are already excited about the planning. Whether or not your summer has sort of an official start time because of work or school changing, start with an opening ceremony. This doesn't have to be complicated. For many of us, Memorial Day weekend is its own opening ceremony. For our family, school ends this year on June 9th, and then our church has family camp at our local campground that weekend, and that is our opening ceremony. For the last few years, summer really officially starts with family camp. An opening ceremony can be an event. It can be a dinner out where you name the celebration of summer starting. It can be dinner at home, but you use summer dishes or party plates. Another thing I usually do is on the last day of school, I write with sidewalk chalk, welcome to summer, and I spray my kids with silly string or I squirt them with squirt guns. I also clean off our family coat rack that usually holds warmer coats and backpacks. Sometimes I do the Pinterest thing and buy new summer supplies and decorate the coat rack. Things like bubbles or sidewalk chalk or sunglasses. It's just thinking through a way to give summer a more festive kickoff. The end of summer tends to feel less festive, but we have an end of summer tradition that my kids all love and look forward to that's our closing ceremony. For the 10 days before school starts, we do a countdown chain with each loop in the chain, including a fun activity for the day. Honestly, it's usually the way we cram in the rest of our bucket list that we didn't get to, so we are multitasking here. I love the compounding win effect. We also put things like our kids' open house night for school on the countdown chain, so we're turning something we already know we have to do into a celebration. And because we're thinking of it that way, we often add something fun like stopping for ice cream or turning dinner into a picnic. My kids don't really realize that the countdown chain is really about cramming in the bucket list stuff I didn't get to and getting them excited about the things we already have to do. They just know that for the last 10 days of summer, we are going to have the most fun ever. So when they wake up on that first day of the countdown chain and it's hanging from one of their doorknobs, they're ridiculously excited and I love it. This year, my older two daughters are doing a dual credit program where they'll take classes at the local community college but also attend their local high school. So that's going to throw off our countdown chain. The community college starts at least two weeks before their high school and before my younger kids' elementary school, and I do not have the energy for two countdown chains, so I'm going to have to think this through. But 
because I know this closing ceremony is a regular part of the summer, I'm giving it some thoughts over here now at the beginning of summer instead of hitting late August and feeling clumped that because of the staggering tar- start times, it means summer ended in a weird way. Okay, we covered a lot of ground today and I give you four different ways to connect with your fun side this summer. So just to recap, one, name your summer intention. What direction do you want to follow the summer? Two, explore what brings out your fun side. What activities or environments draws out fun you? Don't forget to put those on your summer bucket list. Three, relax your rules and routines. How can you make routines work for you so they bring out your fun side? What rules can you change or even create this summer? And four, plan your opening and closing ceremonies. How can you begin and in summer in a fun and intentional way that works for you and not against you? The best way I've learned to combat that side of me that counts mistakes instead of sheep when I hit the pillow at night is to look for the good, both in the world around me and even in myself. It's not inherently bad to name a mistake when I make one. It's actually healthy to lean in and acknowledge and own mistakes. It's an important part of parenting to both be self-aware and then to model an appropriate response of apologizing. And I do this to my kids often, naming to them when I've messed up and telling them I'm sorry. But I've learned to also extend self-compassion to myself with phrases like, I'm doing my best, everyone is struggling, mistakes don't define me. These are things I speak to myself. Self-compassion helps me resist overwhelm and shame and imposter syndrome. I've developed a habit now at night of also naming the things I did well, or even throughout the day I'll do this. I'll pat myself on the back for finishing loads of laundry or comforting a struggling child or showing up in a meaningful way for a friend. I've learned that my fun side lays dormant when I am hard on myself all the time. Sometimes the biggest obstacle to connecting with our fun side is our own self, acting as judge and jury instead of friend. Summer is a wide open invitation to cultivate joy, but it comes with a side of high bars and impossible standards. We see everyone's feeds and we're sure we're falling short. We scroll through smiles and scenery, through happy families and beautiful friendships, through lake houses and jet setters, And then we look at the cups strewn all over our counters, hear our kids fighting again in the background, and we wonder why we don't have a friend group, or we feel dissatisfied in our plans for our staycation. We know that those squares are just a curated moment, but collectively they feel like the life we're missing out on, or maybe they feel like the person we can never be. This summer, when you're overwhelmed by the world, whether it feels full of tragedy or full of picture-perfect posts, cultivate joy as resistance. Find your calm in the midst of it all by connecting with your fun side this summer. Today, we're going to end this episode with a next faithful step of practicing self-compassion. I invite you to return to this practice whenever you feel overwhelmed and disconnected from that more joyful side of you this summer. Close your eyes if you can. Take a deep breath and ground yourself. Feet on the floor, back pressed into your seat, hands relaxed at your side or on your lap. You may want to picture yourself in a place that feels peaceful and invites joy. Imagine the sights and sounds of that place and the way your body and emotions and spirit feels. Now, put your
put your hand or both hands on your heart and repeat these words back to yourself. I am worthy of joy. Keep your hands on your heart and repeat this truth to yourself. Even summer is hard. I am doing my best and that is good. Now, finally, hands still on your heart with the rhythm of inhales and exhales. Name some things you've done today that you're proud of, grateful for. Who did you connect with? How did you engage with your fun side? What choices did you make that cultivated joy? Sit for just a moment in appreciation and celebration of these things. Thank you for joining us for episode six of the Find Your Calm podcast. This is the final episode of this first season, and I'm so grateful you joined me on this journey. I chose to focus on finding your calm through connection, and I hope it helped you connect with yourself and your people. I'll be taking some time this summer following my own advice, both to connect with my fun side and discern my next faithful steps forward. If you want to stay in the know and follow those next faithful steps forward with me, make sure you head to my website, snowellcguevara.com. And while you're there, subscribe to my newsletter. It's the first place I'll share what's next and possibly drop a bonus podcast episode or two over the summer. You can also give me a follow over on Instagram and you can find me there as Noelle C. Guevara. I'll continue sharing ways to find your calm over the summer months. Finally, if you could do me a huge favor and rate and review this podcast and whatever platform you listen to it, that would be so helpful. This project has been a lot of fun and a lot of work, and I'd love to get it out into the podcast universe so more people can find their calm. I'm so grateful to serve as your host and guide as we navigate the chaos of life together. I can't wait to see where this journey leads next.